You're listening to Win the Day with James Whitaker. What we do in life echoes in eternity. Broadcasting from Los Angeles, California. This is the number one podcast to help you win the day every day. Here's your host, James Whitaker. Let's go. Welcome to episode 28 of Win the Day. The quote for today's episode comes from Eleanor Roosevelt and says, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. And it's a wonderful quote to set the tone for today's guest, the incredible Jessica Cox. In 1983, Jessica was born without arms. Just last year, she explained to CNN, my mum had a normal pregnancy. And then on the day of my birth, it was an absolute shock to both of my parents, especially my mum, who was devastated when the doctor brought me over saying, your baby doesn't have any arms. While there were many doubts as to whether Jessica would be able to live a normal life, her achievements since then have been anything but normal. Jessica has made it her mission to prove the doubters and naysayers wrong. Despite not having arms, she is a licensed driver, a fourth degree black belt in Taekwondo, a certified scuba diver, best-selling author, and an accomplished keynote speaker who has shared her inspirational message on six continents. Jessica can do all the everyday things that might seem impossible for someone in her situation, such as pumping gas, putting in contact lenses, and playing the piano. But her most famous accomplishment occurred in 2008 when she was recognized by Guinness World Records for gaining her pilot's license and becoming the first person to fly an airplane using only her feet. Today, Jessica's unconventional views on how to achieve impossible things have earned her international invitations to speak at companies like Boeing, NASA, IBM, and even the US Air Force. She is also the subject of award-winning documentary, Right Footed, that aired on National Geographic in more than 80 countries. Jessica teaches that only when we're true to ourselves are we able to face challenges head on and experience the extraordinary growth that comes with it. If you're feeling a little low on motivation, this is the episode for you. Without further ado, let's welcome Jessica Cox. Jessica Cox, so great to see you. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Glad to be on. Awesome. Well, very first question, what drives you the most, the pursuit of the goal or actually achieving the goal? Wow. I have been um, a goal seeker my whole life. I mean, as early as I can remember being a little girl in swim lessons at at the public swimming pool and wanting to jump off the high dive. And and the biggest challenge was climbing up that ladder to, to, to get to the top, but I knew I could figure out a way to do it. And I made my way up there and then I jumped off. I really think since, uh, I, I enjoy the pursuit of a goal. And that's something that has always pushed me to go out and try new things is that pursuit, that challenge of figuring out how I'm going to do this without any arms. Yeah, I love it. Well, being born without arms, yet your parents never doubted your potential or your ability. They never said that you can't do something. What did that support from your parents look like at a young age and how did that shape your younger years? Well, my parents were phenomenal and they had such patience, such grace. My father has said on a number of occasions, he never once shed a tear about my birth condition. So he never saw me as a victim of a handicap or a victim of anything for that matter. And so I really grew up not with the mentality of being a victim, 
but instead with the realization that yes, I am different, but I'm not a victim of anything. And that led to definitely the foundation that allowed me to really accept my difference and not only that, but to excel with my difference and now help other people through speaking, through coaching, and to help them rise above whatever it is in their mind that they feel like maybe their own victim mentality. It's interesting, isn't it? Because when I was going back and doing a lot more, obviously I knew your story beforehand, but I wanted to go into a lot more research before I had you on today. But one of the biggest things that I saw came across is that people might look at you and see that or feel that there is a difference but one of the things that you talk about is that everyone has a difference, whatever it might be. And it's when we start to run away from that difference or we try and be someone else, that's where a lot of these struggles come from. So can you talk a little bit about what are the differences that other people have? Everyone has some kind of difference. And that's the thing that uh, we all realize. Sometimes it's harder when you don't have maybe a visual difference like myself. I was born without both arms and it's very obvious from the moment I walk out my front door and go into public that people know she's different. But people beside me, neighbors, friends, anyone you encounter is different in some way or another or feels differently. And and that's the truth of the matter is sometimes we just have to embrace that difference to celebrate that uniqueness instead of doing everything we can to mask it. And uh, all of us at times in our life feel like we want to hide it. It becomes uh, so overwhelming uh, to have to deal with being different, which I know from experience, it is hard. Some days are harder than others to be different. It's tough to be an adolescent and be different because you get singled out. Um, but what you don't realize is that very difference, that very uniqueness that everyone has is really what makes us very special. And have, we have something to contribute to the world that no one else can in our unique way. One of my favorite parts of your story is the Taekwondo instructor who said that you had all the physical attributes you need to succeed. It was only your attitude that could hold you back. And then at the age of 14, you earned your first black belt in Taekwondo, which is awesome. How different would your life have been if you didn't have people like your parents and your Taekwondo instructor giving you that confidence and that support from a young age? Well, my mom was a phenomenal cheerleader. She was the one who went into the Taekwondo school and approached the instructor. Even before my sister, my brother, and myself went to our first day of class, she went up to the uh, instructor and said, can my daughter join your Taekwondo class? And uh, she doesn't have arms. And that's when the instructor said, as long as she has a good attitude. And um, having someone to be that cheerleader, having someone to be an advocate, especially during the younger years uh, and during the times when we might not have a voice, it is so important. And, um, and then you learn how to become your own advocate. You learn how to stand up for yourself and be confident and voice your needs and voice your opinions. And that's just a process. And uh, you, and then you stand up for someone else if you have to. If someone who's not being heard, you're able to use your voice to stand up for them. People who are born with some type of visual difference, there are doubts, whether it's their parents or other people around them, uh, as to whether or not they could lead a normal life. But did you ever want a normal life or was there just so much excitement in doing the impossible, climbing up to the diving board and doing all the amazing things that you've done? Oh, I'll have to admit there were times in my life that I wanted normality and I wanted to be like all the other girls or blend in with the crowd and not stand out like a sore thumb or I should say sore toe. Um, and there were so many times when I wanted that, but I realize now is that 
it's really a gift. And it's been a gift that's been with me for uh, my whole life. I just didn't realize it. And sometimes that might be true for anyone is that we may not realize our greatest gift until later on in life. Yeah, absolutely. And it was interesting what you said during your TED talk, which was a Tel Aviv in Israel. Was that where you did your TED talk? Yes, it was. Uh Yeah, which what an amazing experience that must have been. But where you said that pity prevents progress, pity prevents progress. What is it about pity that can be so damaging? Well, unfortunately, everyone can look through a lens of, uh, you know, pity, you see someone who's different and you might want to pity them and you immediately want to bend over backwards to help them to feel like they're, they can't do it on their own. And that disempowers an individual is to pity someone because they may not uh, live life in the same way that, that you do. But it's, it's something that really shouldn't, uh, we should all look through this lens of empowerment and not pity. Because the moment we look through a lens of pity is the moment that we disempower the other person. Yeah, so true. Well, you've spoken a lot about the importance of living your life rather than trying to live someone else's and trying to fit into societal norms. How is life different for someone who lives as their authentic self versus someone who spends all their days trying to fit in and just do what everyone else is doing? Well, I know one thing for sure is when you're trying to fit in and do what everyone else is doing and not live your authentic self, it takes a whole lot more energy (laughs) and it takes more energy. It requires more effort. It is so freeing the moment that you're able to embrace your own authenticity and say, you know what, world, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Maybe the whole world doesn't agree with who I am, but it doesn't matter. The best thing I can do is be the best version of myself and go through life every day. We'll have some ups and downs, but just to be the strongest and most confident version of who I am. When you've had the opportunity to go to more than 20 countries, sharing your inspirational message, you've been speaking on stage, you've appeared in in films, you've done all these incredible, you've written books, you've done all these incredible things and spoken to people from all walks of life. What advice do you give them about being able to find their authentic self? There might be people that say, wow, that sounds incredible, being able to live as your authentic self. But how do you, the people who approach you and say, how do I do that? What do you tell them? I like to share to people that they should have introspection about why it is they're doing the things they do. Are they doing it because they want to please other people? Or are they doing it because it's expression of their own passion? And sometimes that introspection allows us to think through the motives of what we do in our life. Are we living authentically? And then we have to reflect on those things and say, well, why am I doing it? Why am I living for someone else? And taking action and making sure that you understand that this is not authentic, understanding it, taking action, that is the first step towards making your life more authentic. Yeah, completely agree. That's great. Well, in in society, there seems to be almost this misalignment of of a bigger focus on physical abilities. Whereas your amazing story, all your incredible achievements, what I know from Thinking Grow Rich, the legacy, and, and you and I spoke together on the Thinking Grow Rich tour about the importance of the power of the mind. And it seems like your mental strength was about the best asset that you could have. Is that the, is that the best asset that people in the whole world, irrespective of what situation they're in, is it their mental strength that they can develop that would be their best asset no matter what adversity they would face in the future? 
Yes, I believe that all falls under the mindset and its attitude. It's about the positivity in your life. And all of that comes together into mindset. And that's what I coach about as well, is that we all have a choice every single day how we want to live our life. We could choose to come from an empowered stance of, I'm going to make this a positive experience. Yes, there's some difficulty right now, but I'm only going to come out of this stronger than I was before. Yeah, awesome. What about in, tw- uh, in 2008 when you became a pilot, which was incredible because as a kid, you were terrified of planes. Then in 2011, you were recognized by the Guinness World Records as the first person ever to be certified to fly a plane using only your feet. What was it that attracted you to flying? Was it the thrill of being up in the air or was it more of a metaphorical aspect of knowing the journey that you'd been on? I love that question because we talked earlier about the pursuit of a goal, the pursuit of a challenge. And for me, the pursuit of flying meant overcoming something that I was terrified of. And it was my greatest fear to lose contact with the ground, be in an airplane up in the sky, not know what was happening. And so I needed to overcome that own personal fear to empower other people that they shouldn't let fear stand in the way of an opportunity. And as a speaker, I have to live the talk. And for me to overcome that fear and become a pilot, what better way? <laughs> and when we, when we talk about fear, safety, I have, I have not done pilot training. You have, Janine Shepard has. It seems to be from the outside looking in, there's this massive focus on safety, but obviously you've got some limitations around how you even put the seatbelt on and do all those different things. How difficult was the experience of becoming a pilot? It's not the type of thing that you can go and spend a 90-minute session. What Can you walk us through what that journey was like to get qualified as a pilot? Well, I don't even know where to start because there were different aspects of my journey to becoming a pilot. Um, what The emotional aspect, overcoming the fear, uh, the physio- physical and the logistical aspect. How do we get an airplane that will work for my uh, situation because I use my feet as my hands? Uh, the aspect of would the Federal Aviation Administration be okay with a woman flying without arms? Would other people feel comfortable knowing there's a pilot behind the controls of an airplane who doesn't have arms? Would they feel safe even being on the ground? There are a lot of different aspects. And who would instruct someone without arms to fly? We had to go through these kind of hoops, these challenges. We had to go through them one at a time. And over the course of three years, it took um, you know three different flight instructors working through three different kinds of airplanes um, and finally get after numerous hours more than the average student pilot who could probably set their sight their life aside and set their sight on flying and if they were to pursue it at the degree that I was pursuing it they could accomplish it in probably six months time but for me it had to be spread out over three years because of all those obstacles and challenges um, but it was definitely in the end very worthwhile because the harder you have to work for something the more you appreciate it when you accomplished it. And that's how I felt about flying is that moment I flew an airplane by myself for the first time. It was the most empowering feeling. It was the greatest physical feat that I'd accomplished in my life. Can you take us through that moment when you're you're there, you're in the plane and you're like, oh my God, here I am by myself. I have to do this. It's been three years. Can you take us through that moment what it felt like, the situation that you were in after this extraordinary uh, roller coaster life that you'd had to that point? Oh, I remember it like yesterday. Well, just for reference, I went flying on Monday 
And every time I go flying, it gives me that memory back to my solo flight. But the first time you ever do this alone, there's just no greater feeling. You will never forget it. And it's just the moment that your instructor turns to you and says, okay, now you can fly the airplane on your own. And you're almost in disbelief because knowing that you're going to fly this airplane by yourself, it was this empowering sense of independence. And the moment I took off after my instructor climbed out of the cockpit, the moment I took off, I just didn't even recognize I was doing this on my own. I was so focused. I was so set on doing this correctly because my life was in my own feet at the time. Um, I, I, I didn't even realize it until I did my first turn. And the moment I did my first turn, I realized I did this all by myself. I'm in this plane without anyone else in here. I literally have my life in my own feet at this moment. It was so incredible to know that I did that. And the moment I landed that plane, I got out of that airplane feeling like I was pilot in command of my own life. It was, it was, it was wonderful. That's the achievement that you're most famous for. You've done so many other things where it's playing the piano, scuba diving, driving a car, all of these different things you've done. Did you feel any sense of achievement or satisfaction or any other type of feeling or emotion that was different about that pilot experience compared to all the other things that you'd overcome? I think it was definitely a moment for me of accountability and accountability to the highest degree knowing that I'm the one in controlling this airplane. And that accountability is what was so empowering, more so than any other thing I had accomplished. Sure, in the previous accomplishments, getting a black belt in Taekwondo, I felt what it was like to achieve something that I worked hard for over the course of four years. But when you're in that airplane and you're knowing you're doing it by yourself, it reinforces the accountability you have for your own life. And that's, that was so empowering to be able to do that. What does it teach you? A lot of people these days, I guess, in the, the they want things now rather than working for it. They want the outcome. They want the juice without the squeeze. What does it teach you about yourself when you go through these things? I mean, that experience of being a pilot would have felt anywhere near as amazing as it did if you hadn't have done three years of, of hard yards to get there. The process and the journey to accomplishing something is where we experience our growth. It's where we experience what are our strengths? What do we need to do more of? Do we need to persist more? Um, do we need to uh, learn more? Do we need to have more of a positive attitude? We learn so much about ourselves in the process. And that discovery is what helps us understand what our strengths are. What do we need to work on more? What, we, what do we need to uh, learn more about so that we can become stronger individuals? And I think that that's always helpful is to experience that growth in the process of accomplishing any goal. How do we go from achievement to achievement to achievement where we learn to be happy in the present? Is it difficult sometimes where you always think about what's next, but if you're always focused on what's next, it can take away from your joy and happiness in the present? That is something I always have to remind, my, remind myself because I am such a go-getter and I am always going on for the going out for the next challenge and the next obstacle and wanting to push myself. But sometimes I have to stop and reflect and appreciate. And I have to remind myself to do that more often because of the fact that we've done all this work to accomplish something great, but if we can't really enjoy the moment, enjoy the journey and what we've gone through to get there, it's really, it, it makes it hard to really appreciate. 
Yeah, so true. And tougher relationships and, and those around us as well. Well, there are, there are people who are watching this on YouTube and listening to the podcast who are dealing with a lot, especially in the COVID world. Maybe they've lost a business or lost a marriage, have some other type of relationship breakdown. Maybe they're dealing with depression, whatever it might be. What advice do you have for people who are going through such a, or in the middle of such a difficult time and they can't see a way out? I want to say to anyone who is going through a difficult time, because many of us are right now through the present challenges, is just to stay strong and you're going to get through this. Uh, we will all get through this. And um, while it's it's a struggle right now, there you'll, we'll come away from this stronger than we ever were before. So it's important that we just tough it out, uh, stay strong, don't ever give up, and we'll come out of this stronger. Yeah, great advice. And what about people who are looking at you and they think, wow, she's already got this amazing mental strength. She's got this bulletproof mindset. She must never have any bad days. Do you have bad days? I'm sure you do like all of us. And if so, how do you handle them? Naturally, I'm a human being and I have bad days. Everyone has bad days. Some days are worse than others. Some days are better than others. And sometimes we just have to have that and recognize that, yeah, maybe this day is not going to be as good as maybe last week or that or yesterday. But if we didn't have anything to contrast our good days with, how would we know what was a good day? So sometimes we have to even learn to appreciate some of those tough days that we have so that we have something to compare the good days to. Yeah, excellent point. Well, outside of your family, who inspires you the most? Outside of my family, I have uh, an inspiring mentor who has been a part of my life since I was a teenager. And the reason that she has inspired me so much is because of the fact that she lives her life without arms. And I, at the time, didn't know of anyone else who lived their life without arms. But when I met her for the first time, it was this wonderful uh, understanding, this wonderful experience that someone finally gets it. What's it like? to be different in this way and to see everything that she did with her own life, being a mother, um, taking care of her children, um, uh, doing everything that she did in her life and she continues to do, it inspires me to keep up my level of making sure that I stay strong, making sure that I keep having goals and um, always aspiring to be better. So important, isn't it, to have that accountability rather than feel like you're going through all this stuff alone, even though for most of us, when we're in that real darkness in the midst of all that adversity, it feels like we're alone, but the whole world's connected and we're never alone. So it's worthwhile getting out there and, and finding people who might be in a similar situation to you or someone who's already successful like you had with your mentor who could help you understand the feelings that you've got and let you know that there's, there's hope and still have that plan for the future. So is that what you're trying to do now with the foundation that you've got and your speeches and books and all the other incredible things you're doing? Yes, it's definitely, it, I've been so gifted with wonderful blessings in my life. And now I want to do everything I can to share that with other people, whether it's with my book, whether it's with a documentary that was done about my life. However, whatever way that I can help touch someone's life, it's, it's just a wonderful way to give back and the blessings that I've received and to empower others to see them excel, like for coaching, to see them achieve their own impossible. That is really wonderful to be able to do, to empower others, to do the same thing that I was gifted and blessed with in my life. I love it. You've still got that attitude that you had walking into Taekwondo so many years ago. <laughs> 
Well, you've achieved so much already. You're a huge inspiration to me, as you know. Uh, dare I say it, but what's the next big goal on your list? Wow. Well, I always have various goals that I'm, um, I uh, shoot for, and I'm thinking about the, the present goal right now. I half expected you to see, uh, half expected to see you on the SpaceX rocket launch the other day, going into going into space. Yes, wouldn't that be cool? I mean, I was, <laughs> that's crossed my mind. I was thinking about. I would like to. One of the goals right now is to be able to fly the airplane that my foundation has, and the foundation that helps people with disabilities. I would like to fly that airplane across the country to share the message that disability doesn't mean inability. And so that is my current goal is to get compatible and to get up to speed with my flying skills so that I can do something with that, uh, that great of an endeavor to fly across the country. So powerful. Awesome stuff. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Well, now let's move into the win the day rocket round. We ask you 10 questions and you give brief answers so we can get to know the real you, Jessica. Are you ready? Sure. Yes, ready. Number one, number one, what quote inspires you the most? Never let fear stand in the way of an opportunity. Oh, nice. Who said that one? Oh, that was the one I came up with. <laughs> oh, awesome. I love it. It's a great quote. Number two, morning coffee or evening wine? Morning coffee. Number three, what's one bit of advice you would give your 18-year-old self? I would tell my 18-year-old self not to worry about what other people think, instead to embrace uh, the individuality that I have and to be able to be more confident. Very important. Number four, what book do you gift the most? There are so many great books out there, but the book that I gift is, is my self-help book that helps other people called Disarm Your Limits. Um, but uh, I definitely have some other wonderful books. Right now, I'm reading Expert Secrets, and that's a really cool book. Awesome. Who writes Expert, Se- uh, Expert Secrets? Uh, Brunson. Oh, Russell Brunson. Yeah, I have heard of that one. Number five, was there a vulnerability you once hid within that became your superpower? The vulnerability that I hid within was definitely the uniqueness of not having arms. For many years, I wore prosthetic arms to school every single day just to be able to blend in with everyone else and because I felt the pressure that that was expected of me. And finally, I decided to give them up on the first day of eighth grade and I haven't put them on since. And why was that? Was that you were feeling like you were, does this go back to the authentic self? You felt like you were doing it to try and fit in or to please others rather than yourself? Yes, it was definitely something I did to please others because I am more efficient and faster with my toes and my feet using them as hands. But I was wearing the prosthetics because I thought that was what was expected of me. And it was, again, to please other people. Number six, what's one thing you've learned about failure? Failure for me is a part of the process. And I don't look at it as failure. I see it as growth and I see it as an opportunity to learn. So I've switched the way I see failure. Number seven, if you could sit on a park bench and have a conversation with someone alive or dead, who would it be? I really do miss my mother and my mother passed away now uh, almost four years ago. So I would love to have a conversation with her to tell her what's been, um, what I've been up to the last couple of years and just to have another conversation with her. I would look forward to that. Number eight, what tool or resource best helps you run your life or your business? And that's why I actually have... This tool right here, always within reach, 
This is a windshield repairman's tool. It's a metal hook with a suction on it. And for me, if I don't have that windshield repairman's tool, then I'm not able to be independent. So thanks to this tool, it's been repurposed for my purposes of getting dressed, uh, for my purposes of going to the restroom. I'm able to use this single tool in order to live life independently without any arms. So I need that in my life. <laughs> awesome. And if you're listening to the podcast, you can go and watch this on YouTube to see Jessica hold it up. It's pretty amazing stuff. Uh, second last question, number nine, share one thing on your bucket list. I know you're running out of things to do on your, on your list, but what's one thing that's still on your bucket list? I shared this earlier. I wanted to fly. I would like to still fly across the country in the airplane. So that's still on my bucket list is to aspire to getting to a competent level so that I can fly the airplane across the country. Great one. That'll be an amazing milestone. And final question, number 10, what's one thing you do to win the day? One thing I do to win the day is I start off my mornings with a motivational jam where I have a really loud song playing, some motivational music. And that for me is what allows me to kind of get into the mindset of I'm going to have a wonderful day. I'm going to win the today. And that really helps me start off the day right. Yeah. Get you into the groove and the rhythm of the day. I love yes. it. Where's the best place for people to go and keep up to date with all your amazing adventures and learn more about you? Please go to www.possiblethinking.com. Awesome. Jess, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, James. Take care. That's all for episode 28. To keep in touch with Jessica Cox, go to possiblethinking.com and you can find links to connect with her on all the socials in the show notes. What did you like most about this episode? Check it out on YouTube and let us know in the comments. If you want to be first to hear about interviews when they are released, hit subscribe. And if you enjoyed this conversation, hit the like button and share it with a friend or loved one so they can benefit too. Remember to get out there and win the day. Until next time, onwards and upwards always.